Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we resume our study of the book of Acts with chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. This portion of scripture describes the fate of Ananias and Sapphira. R.C. Sproul, in his book, The Holiness of God, says that this narrative qualifies as one of several, quote, hard sayings, unquote, found in the Bible. In order to understand this passage, we must first understand what it means to serve a holy God. Please listen to Pastor Harris as he teaches us today's slice of this week's message entitled, Great Fear in the Church. We are indeed going to continue our march through the book of Acts this morning. And before we come there, I want to turn your attention to two Old Testament events, which I believe will show you a pattern for what we see today in the book of Acts. I was talking to um, somebody this week, and I'm still crushing to get ready for, for Sunday, and I said, I really don't have a lot of time to talk right now. I have to get ready to get the church together and talk about the day that two people died in front of church. Woohoo! That sounds like a wonderful time. Well, it is wonderful because our goal in coming together is to lift our eyes heavenward, to understand God, to see Him, as the song says, in the beauty of His holiness. Well, that has implications. So I want you to follow with me. Think about the time of Israel in the wilderness. God gave the, the law to Moses. We read about that. We hear about that. We think about, well, the carrying down the stone tablets from Mount Sinai, the Ten Commandments. Well, you can cover the Ten Commandments in about 15 verses in the Old Testament. Well, we have whole books. And in that, we have detailed plans for the formal worship of Israel in the Old Testament time. The, the, the formal center of worship was to be this place called the tabernacle or the tent or the tent of dwelling or the tent of meeting. It was the place where the required sacrifices were made once the law was instituted, and everything that was in the tabernacle was very significant, and the, the furniture and the arrangement of the tabernacle became the arrangement and the furniture for the eventual temple in Jerusalem, which is just a, a, a foreshadowing of the ultimate millennial temple. Now, the tabernacle was all about showing Israel how to worship God. Now, put it in, in context. They'd been set free from Egypt. The Passover was all about this glorious redemption. We've been set free from our bondage. And now we can serve the Lord on our own. Well, in Exodus and Leviticus, you'll find chapter after chapter. And I know that in the annual Bible reading you tend to speed up a little bit getting through there and how many porpoise skins do I have to pray about today and all that stuff. 
But there's all those details for building the tabernacle and all the details of what was to be done once it was built. The, the tabernacle was always at the center of the encampment of Israel, and the 12 tribes were arrayed in a square around the tabernacle so that they were all equal distance from it. And when the time came for the grand opening of the tabernacle, God gave yet more detailed instructions about what was going to be necessary just to do the offerings and the consecration of the priests who were going to lead the first worship in the tabernacle. It boiled down to more than a week that Moses' brother Aaron, the high priest, and his assistants and his sons uh, were actually quarantined from everybody else to show the seriousness of being set apart to the, to the worship of this wonderful God who has set us free from our bondage. They had to get everything perfect from the, from the clothing in every smallest detail to the sacrifices. And after endless details all through a week, this happened. Leviticus chapter 9, verses 23 and 24. I'll read you from the New Legacy Standard Bible. And Moses and Aaron went into the tent of meeting. Then they came out and blessed the people. And the glory of Yahweh appeared to all the people. Then fire came out from before Yahweh. That's from within the Holy of Holies where the, the presence of Yahweh was seen. Then fire came out from before Yahweh and consumed the burnt offering and the portions of fat on the altar. And all the people saw it and shouted and fell on their faces. Well, I guess so. Super precisely guided pinpoint divine lightning consumed all the offerings and nothing else showing that God was pleased, and He accepted the sacrifices. Oh, but there are the next two verses, Leviticus 10, 1 and 2. Then Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, oldest and second oldest sons of Aaron, took their respective fire pans. They were uh, also priests. They took their respective fire pans and put fire in them. Then they placed incense on it and offered strange fire before Yahweh. Strange not because it was different from other fire, not strange because it was incense different from other incense, but strange because it wasn't what God had asked them, and it wasn't the time that God had asked them for an incense offering. And fire, uh, the strange fire before Yahweh, which had, He had not commanded them. Verse 2, And fire came out from the presence of Yahweh, same fire, and consumed them, and they died before Yahweh. The fire of God consumed the sacrifices that He accepted. Offer any other sacrifice, and that very same fire consumes you. Wow. Uh, this is kind of serious. Aaron, Aaron's two sons, Nadab and Abihu, uh, failed to respect God's precise instructions that He had given them in love. And that same divine lightning this time consumes the two who decided, hey, let's do that same cool trick that our uncle and our dad just did. It didn't work. Well, the message was clear. The next verse says, then Moses said to Aaron, it is what Yahweh spoke, saying, 
by those who come near me, I will be treated as holy. And, all, and before all the people, I will be glorified. So Aaron kept silent. He just lost his first two sons in front of all of Israel. He didn't say a word because he knew that the action of God was right and pure and holy. And God demonstrated that holiness in a spectacular way on that day. Now, fast forward about 40 years. A generation has died in the wilderness for their unbelief. Only two, Joshua and Caleb, have survived to enter the promised land. And you know the story? They finally crossed the Jordan River. God made the way for them. And the, and the first fortified city they came to was Jericho. And God had promised, I'm going to deliver all of these things into your, into your hands. And you know what happened is as God miraculously brought down the walls of the city, He delivered it into the hands of Israel, and He did it in a way that was absolutely beyond doubt, He did it. It wasn't their military genius. They didn't have any of that at that moment. And God gave another specific instruction before He brought down Jericho, Joshua chapter 6, verses 17 and 18. And the city shall be devoted to destruction, it and all that is in it belongs to Yahweh. Only Rahab the harlot and all who are with her in her house shall live because she hid the messengers whom we sent. But as for you, only keep yourselves from the things devoted to destruction, lest as you are devoting them to destruction, you also take some of the things devoted to destruction and make the camp of Israel devoted to destruction and bring trouble on it. There's a repeated phrase there, devoted to destruction. That which God was sweeping away was to be destroyed. And you don't want to bring trouble on your people. Well, it was a, a glorious victory at Jericho. And chapter 6 closes with, these words, so Yahweh was with Joshua, and the report about him was in all the land. So God's going to make Israel's enemies be trembling as they come. Ah, but then, beginning of chapter 7, verse 1, but the sons of Israel acted unfaithfully in regard to the things devoted to destruction. Achan the son of Carmi, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah, and from the tribe of Judah, took some of the devoted things, the things devoted to destruction. Therefore, the anger of Yahweh burned against the sons of Israel. Now, interesting, that starts and ends with the sons of Israel. The sons of Israel acted unfaithfully. There were about two million that came out of the promised land. We don't know, it came out of Egypt. We're not sure exactly how many entered the promised land. It was a, a lot of people. One man did this and brought problems on the whole group. And while the sin of Achan remained silent, he had the shiny things all hidden, well, God then led Israel to the next city that they needed to take, the city of Ai. And God forced, uh, or God caused Israel there to be defeated at Ai. Glorious victory at Jericho, total defeat at Ai. Well, what's the problem? One guy. 
If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.